This is the second installment of Sister to Sister. It's a conversation between me and my sister Susan Williams about the soul, about destiny, about life itself. It'll be released in four parts. Now we begin with the second part of Bullseye, Soul Connection. We're talking with Susan a. Williams, who is my precious sister. She is a prophetess and a woman of God and a minister. We're talking about sin, soulish scars, and the impact that has on our accomplishing our purpose. Go ahead, Susan. Okay. And then I want to take him to, I only got two more scriptures, uh, Micah chapter 6, verse 13. Therefore, I have also smitten you with a deadly wound and made you sick, laying you desolate waste and deserted because of your sins. Now, when you read these scriptures, you have to understand that this is Old Testament. This is before Jesus came. Okay. But, and we know that Jesus paid the price for our sins. Right. Okay. But what you have to understand is when you read this, is it's like going back and it's explaining to you what sin does right it's still the same even though jesus came right the effects of it are the same absolutely even though jesus came but jesus came with a solution and a healing that's right okay but that but but you know without understanding you know like you don't know history you're destined to repeat it that's you it you don't understand what the, the effects of being without christ have on your life mm -hmm. or the, the effects of not being obedient submitted to god have then you don't appreciate what you do have number one and you also don't know a solution to deal with it when you mess up right and so this says therefore i have also smitten you with a deadly wound and made you sick two different things right if it was if the wound was the sickness it wouldn't be separated like that he said with a deadly wound now we said the wages of sin is death. So right. Says that. Right. So this is a he calls it a deadly wound. Okay. Now let's let's take the context of that scripture. Uh, where is that located again, and who is he talking it's, to? Is he talking like to all? Is he talking about to one man, or he's talking to the children of Israel? Let me look here. I'm gonna just uh, let me back it up because I got chapter six, verse ten on here. I'll have to look that up. Okay, hold I, on a minute. I'm going to grab my Bible to keep talking. Okay, so what what I'm emphasizing there, and we, we're going to look this up and find out exactly who he's talking to, um, is that the wound, that a deadly wound, here it, it differentiates between the deadly wound and the being physically sick. Okay. And uh, uh, Katie Souza, who's somebody that I'm just starting to like kind of listen to, talks about that and she said that she really believes a lot of us are physically sick because of our soul wounds well that you know i don't even have to think twice about whether she's right about that because the scripture clearly says may you prosper even as your soul prospers it's like there's a there's a prosperity there's a there's a wholeness that is dependent upon your soul prospering okay then the bottom line is this as goes the mind soul goes the soul in the body and indeed, you know, Susan, we, we poo-poo a lot of stuff. I, like, for instance, I'm not into the metaphysics, okay? Because that's just basically telling people 
that this kind of unbelievable, say for instance, it's basically the same thing, but in a different discipline. They'll say that if uh, if you fail to forgive, that it'll affect your liver, or if you uh, if you if you hold this kind of alter emotional turmoil, then it affects this part of the body. There's all of those things are based in some kind of truth, and the bottom line is this: if your soul is sick and full of the scars from the past it will affect your body that's the bottom doggone line and i am convinced i mean we don't even have to talk about the metaphysical yeah. actual physical science medical science has tied the well-being of our what they call the mind our emotions all right what we call in the soul that that absolutely affects your physical well-being and that cancer in itself is tied in the things and the sicknesses we're talking about in the soul so that's why the soul is the prime target here you know now we read all of the scriptures and we've talked about this from a scriptural standpoint and i'm just going to lay it down to everybody from the humanity side anything that we're holding inside of us from the past any past trauma past pain past wrongs are making us sick spiritually soulishly and in our bodies period that's why as goes the soul so goes your entire life that's why when the bible tells us to protect our hearts when you read through and do a study you'll see that that's synonymous with our souls the lord says that out of the heart of a man the mouth speaks out of the soul, the mouth speaks. That's why we see the mean, what we, what you know, Susan and I have talked about where people have been in the pulpit and then you can just see the anger in them or the meanness or they'll major on one aspect over another. Those things are not in the spirit man, which is the part of us that relates to God. Whatever's in the spirit man must necessarily emanate through the soul, okay, to manifest in the world around us, to manifest in our ministries, to manifest in what's coming out of our mouth. So it's only going to be, the spirit can be only as powerfully as your spirit can come through that layer of your soul will it have the power that it's meant to have in your life in your relationships, in your ministry. It's your toolkit. It's the reason why Satan targets the soul with extreme prejudice. That's why we're supposed to guard our souls and guard our hearts. And, and that's why this is such a serious matter. When, when, when we talk about the mind being the battlefield, well, the mind is part of your soul. Mind, will, and emotions. And the mind, number one, the will, number two, the emotions, number three. The will is in the middle for a reason because your mind and your emotions can be controlled and directed or redirected by virtue of leveraging the will. It's like a cookie. Your, your, your mind 
your will and your emotions. If you can leverage that middle part, your will, toward making sure that you're guarding your heart. You know, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it where you recognize how the scars are playing themselves out in different aspects of your life. And now that you recognize that, you can recognize the patterns that's emanating out of your life in. And you can fake it till you make it by, by leveraging your will to lock that down. But that's only as good as the degree to which you're submitting in that area to God and allowing him to heal that scar from the inside out. And that's a process. See, nobody can walk you through a prayer line and, 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 and astral project you through this healing process. You know, nobody can lay their hands on you and astral project you through multiple decades of trauma and pain, especially if that trauma and pain occurred while you were a child. Okay, so there's I'm saying there's nothing wrong with going in a prayer line. There's nothing wrong with with getting prayed for. There's nothing wrong with the laying on of hands. But if you think that's the know all and be all, God can do that if He wants to. He's the go to man for that. The go to one for that. But by a considerable measure, most of us, many of us do not experience total and complete healing from the inside out based on a laying on of hands. And I'm not saying God can't do that if he chooses to, but I'm saying that a lot of us are not having that experience. And I think that's what's throwing us off. People don't understand why they can have such a deep emotional and spiritual experience in, in, in the at the altar. But then they're still dealing with these patterns in their life. They're still dealing with and struggling with addictions. They're still having flashbacks and PTSD because of something, some trauma that they went through in their past. See, those things don't just eliminate themselves. They're all symptoms of a deeper issue. And, and that sickness Susan's talking about is this very thing that I mentioned in here. That's how it plays out. Are there patterns in your life you're seeing? Okay. Is it that you want a good man? You're willing to wait and you're wishing for a good man, but that's not manifesting for you? Because your pattern is you're still fishing in the idiot barrel and you still got a cloud parade following you around because you can't seem to connect what you want and desire with what you're actually getting. See, that's that sickness of the soul, the depth of those wounds. That's what's going on, everybody, when you can't connect what you want and know is good for you with what you're actually getting. It all is about what's going on in the soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Susan, tell us, tell me some more about what that lady said, because just so everybody knows, the reason we're doing this show is because Susan called me this morning and uh, Susan couldn't even get out of the bed. It's like she would wake up and then go back to sleep. And she kept having this recurring dream. Every time she'd go back to sleep, Susan's the only one I know that dreams like a series, like a mini series. She could get up, go back, sleep, had the same dream, pick it up where it left off. I don't get this mess. But that's what was going on with her. She had every intention of going to church this morning. She just could not drag herself out of that bed. And every time, let me let you tell the story, Susan. Well, it was just strange because um, every time I go back into the dream, my right eye, I wouldn't be able to see out of it. And people were trying to tell me to look at stuff. Well, in the natural, if you covered one eye, okay. you can still read stuff. Right. But in my dream, everything was just, I could not function 
with just one eye, seeing just one eye. And I know that dreams about their eyes and your vision are that you know have a lot to do with a lot of times God is trying to show you that you're not seeing clearly. Okay. That there's more. Okay. That that, that you you need your vision, which is basically you need a soul wound healed. Okay, gotcha. Because that's what's hindering you from being able to move forward. Being able to see. Okay. Yeah, and so I and every time I'd go back to sleep, you know, I I'd have start this dream again, you know, and then I'd wake up and I'd open my eyes and I was seeing fine. So okay. I'm like, I don't I don't understand that, and it was just like I was just heavy, and I kept changing the alarm clock and changing it to the. And if anybody knows me, I run on three hours sleep. Yep. I, mean, I go to bed four or five o'clock in the morning. I'm up yep. at ten at the latest. For all day know? too. Um, yep. Yeah, you know, and it just was really strange, and I, and I, you know, but I maybe I was supposed to stay home so we could get this done today. Well, um, well, okay. So when you woke up, what was that prayer? To tell everybody what happened. Oh, the and prayer. What was, yeah, yeah, I woke up, and normally, you know, I'm not one. I have a hard time asking God for stuff for myself. Um, I won't ask for material things hardly ever. Um, and if it's if it's something that I know that I'm wrong in in my in my inner man, like if I'm struggling with anger or unforgiveness or something, I'll ask the Lord. But this morning when I prayed, it came out first thing. Before, I mean, in between me falling asleep, this came out, and I was said, Lord, I, I you know somebody that I know that I thought knew me that I could trust. I feel like they, you know, I can't, I'm not going to say they betrayed me. They just showed their real colors that I was blinded to. Okay. And I can't be mad at a person for being who they are. Okay. I just thought that I was something more important than to be at that level with that person. Right. So I've been really hurt. Yeah. And, and I've been taking this before the Lord. See, I, I don't, how do I put this? The scriptures always talk about putting every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, casting that down. Right. And. To me, I've always took that scripture as anytime I have emotional storms where something's going on and I'm and I'm hurt or I'm angry, you know, I know that that's not got how Jesus walks around feeling. Okay. So I consider that, you know, that, that God has made every provision for me, mm -hmm. that he keeps me in every way. And that his not his that that if I'm feeling like that that doesn't line up with him. Okay, That's, right, right. So I'm with I you. so I so I, I casting it down isn't like you throw it on the floor and act like it doesn't happen. Right. It means casting it up. I toss it up to him. I'm like, Lord. So this morning it was like, Lord, I don't know if I'm wounded. If my if this is a a, a wound where I'm it's turning into bitter unforgiveness or bitterness towards this person, or am I just hurt? Okay. I said I couldn't find it. You know, when I thought about it in my mind, when I said that, it's like wow. I don't know how to de determine the difference. Wow. Okay, let's and talk I, about that. That's then that's what led to this thing that, that talk about what this lady said because you and I were talking about uh, taking offense. And, 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 you know, when you told me about this prayer that you prayed, then we got to talking about this Sousa lady and how she was talking about how we, how offense is affecting us. I want you to just talk, you know, a little bit, tell, tell the, tell us all again what this lady said about the soul. You start, started out uh, this conversation talking about how, um, the difference between the spirit and the soul, you get saved, but that doesn't automatically change everything that's residing in your soul. And then you and I talked about offense, and then we got into some interesting questions. So uh, bring us up to date on the whole offense thing from her perspective. Um, 
Well, you know, she 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 gave a testimony about how God revealed to her that she was being offended, and you know, and we and we have convinced you know. Sometimes you give up yourself a broad definition because you don't want to be yeah. you have to be living in a tight world. <laughs> yeah. So offenses, uh, me walking around just berating you for what you did uh-huh. and, and gritting my teeth every time you come around uh-huh. and cussing you out. Yeah. You know, we give ourselves these broad definitions for offense so that anything less than that is acceptable. Right. But the thing is, is where do you want to live? Because that's your choice. Right. Do you want to just live out there in the broad definition? Or is it your goal to be able to walk and do greater works than Jesus did? Right. Is it your goal to be able to walk in this earth and really, like, not wound as you walk through, but to bring bring the kingdom and peace and, and love to the people that you come in contact with? Because whatever degree you want to live, that's where you'll live. So, in other words, so where, where destiny and purpose is concerned... The degree to which we understand this offense matter can definitely have a negative or positive effect on our purpose, our ministry, and our destinies. Absolutely. And I think that the closer you draw, the tighter your rules get. The closer you draw, the tighter the definition gets. And here's a definition of offense. Anytime I put my needs ahead of yours, and get upset because you don't let me. Wait a minute. That's good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's too funny. Wait a minute. Anytime I want to put my needs ahead of yours, then I get upset at you because get mad at you because you won't let me. You, let me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That is too good. <laughs> you know, because uh, like Katie says, you know, she got offended at a lady that was, you know, how many times have we like watch people with their cell phones all cocked up on their ear trying to turn a corner in the car oh. and they keeping you from getting where you got to go because they got one arm trying to drive and talk on the phone and you just go, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to what the problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's because I'm putting my need to get where I got to go ahead of you as a human being and you're not letting me. Okay. You know, if you ever just take a day, seriously, take a day, and as you see people, stop and tell yourself, okay, I want to see where, where does that person line up in position to who I think I am. Mm. We will find that we are extremely selfish, arrogant people. Oh, my goodness. I am. I'll tell you. And, you know, well, you know, we'll see the dude that's standing on the corner with his sign saying, you know, I'll work for food. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're like, and even if I ain't got two nickels. To rub together, I'm gonna look at him and go, well, You know what? If you weren't standing there wasting your time with the sign, you could probably be out thinking about crying over here. That's the stuff we do. <laughs> That's the stuff we do. And if we realize that he's got a wounded soul just like we do, and he's living through his filters just like we are, yeah. And what if he has it? What if the, the ability to even think about that hasn't crossed his mind because of his because of his wounds? Right. So you know we gotta like stop if we would measure now if we would look at each other and then try to compare and measure each other by the wound. 
Jesus. It would be different. The thing is, you got to not be arrogant. You got to get humble enough to acknowledge that you're still carrying soul wounds. Okay, give the two examples that uh, Miss Sousa gave in her life. Yeah, I want to tell you how to spell her last name too. It's S O U C A. Okay. Katie with a K. K A T H I E. Okay. So that you guys can find her on Facebook on on YouTube. She's got tons of videos out there. Okay. Um. So um. Her one example was she was on the people mover at the airport, and, you know, just like we drive and we stay to the right so people can pass us on left, you do that on the people mover. This lady was talking on her phone, and just as she got, Katie was running, trying to get to her flight, and just as she got behind this lady, this lady stepped off to the left, standing right in the middle of the thing, and she couldn't get by her. Oh. And she's, now she's getting madder. Oh, yeah. And she's, and, and, you know, even though that seems really like small, mm-hmm. that that if she had let herself go where she was headed, that would have been an offense. Yeah. And see, here it was. She valued her situation and her position how more highly than she did this woman. Okay. And was mad because this woman didn't know it. Well, what happened after that? Um. Then her her her. Uh, she was gonna go tap the lady on the shoulder, which I'm sure she would wouldn't have been real kind of voice when she said move. Right. Uh, and her, her assistant tapped her on the shoulder before she got to the tap the lady. And she just took her hand and put it high in the air and then pulled it down like she was pulling Katie's lever down. Right, right, calm. right. And then Katie realized, you know, okay, every time I do this, I have to spend hours in prayer breaking that offense off of myself. Okay, let's go to the first. That's the second incident, but there would seem like, and I can't remember what it was, but there was another incident. About her gaining weight every time she Okay, let's let's go to that one. Tell them who she was back in the 70s, blah, blah. Okay, Katie used to be a model, and she did some acting, and she had her own uh, singing group. She was very well-known, very popular. It was kind of like during the Fair Fawcett days, because all her pictures have big hair, you know? Yeah. Um, and she wound up becoming a drug addict. And then she wound up producing her own drugs and selling her own drugs. Okay. She was like a, a Bonnie and Clyde combined together is the way they put it. Wow. She had shootouts with police, car chases, everything. Wow. They finally caught her and she wound up, I think she got 12 years. Uh-huh. And when she got into prison, she was just as unruly and uncontrollable as she was out in the world. And God literally visited her in herself and that turned her life around completely and she banned she she had this group of women that were in the prison that that were being she was discipling and they were growing and they were just gangster christians Her stomach went down. 
She weighed, her, weighed herself, and she was back to her weight again. What? And this happened two more times. But every time it happened, the, the amount of time it took for her to pray it off was longer. Okay. It was almost like God was saying, no, Ma, I'm not going to keep keep you thinking that all you have to do is come and confess. I want you to stop being offended. Okay. I don't yeah. want you to keep coming to me asking me to do this. I want you to stop being offended. Don't take the offense. Okay. So I'm going to remind me to come back to take the offense. What I want everybody to get is that answer this question for yourself. What is it with you? See, we look at this lady belly swelling up and then we can walk away with a boilerplate mindset that, oh, every time my belly swells up, I'm being offended. No, that was her thing that God was trying to deal with her about. And he kept yeah. telling her and telling her about that thing. God was determined that in her life, the root of whatever this was had to go in order for her to move forward effectively and powerfully in her purpose. My question to you is this. What is it with you? What is it with you? With Moses, it was an anger issue. We all think he struck the rock instead of talking to the rock or struck it too many times instead of this. And it got him held back out of his promised land. Let's talk about the back story there. He spent 40 years in the doggone desert before he spent another 40 years in the doggone desert. And you can bet and be darned God was dealing with him about his anger issues the whole doggone time. My question is, what is it with you? What is it with you? Note that Katie had to pray harder and longer Every time she did the same doggone thing. That's what it is in her life. What's it in yours? Okay, so Susan, I'm back. We call that a little, little who's apple break. <laughs> Feel me? But you <laughs> talked about take offense. This was the part to what was so powerful about our conversation earlier that led to us taping this. Because when you say take offense, that sounds just like there's an opportunity for offense, okay, or love, and when we, when we, and 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 that it sounds like that there's a decision in that process to take the offense. So it's almost like the offense is there. It's like the apple, you know. It's like who whose apple is it? And you can take that bad apple. And you can take that into your life and ingest it, or you can leave that apple there recognizing that it is an offense. And so you and I were talking about um, with me driving. Oh, my goodness, girl. Mama used to always tell me, oh, man, I need to cool down because I get angry. Don't get in front of me. Girl, I am just a heck on wheels about somebody cutting me off, going too slow. They can be in the slow lane going too slow, and I got the behind about it. So yeah. there's an emotion that's driving that is basically what we were saying earlier. And yeah. I was trying yeah. to figure out the difference between, okay, is the emo okay, so is the offense the emotion I'm feeling welling up in me or not? Does this emotion come first? And then the opportunity to take offense. 
and I was trying to separate out where the offense is in that process and where the decision comes in. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's like, you know, you can have a thought, and the thought is not a sin. It's what you do with that. Okay. Um, so I think that you have a moment there where you have the choice, an opportunity to make a decision. Okay. And I think that, you know, you, you know, the, the, the even going into the anger is wrong, but it's what you do with it. And so I just think, you okay. know, like, that's why I said, let the sun not go down to your anger. So it's like, okay, I'll, you, you, this is what I tell people. When you're walking with God and you really have in you who he is and what's acceptable to him, when you have those moments, the first, your thought is that's not him. That's not like him. Okay. So it's like, so to me, it's like you learn. It's like Katie had to learn. When I start feeling like this, it's taking me somewhere I don't want to go. That's good stuff right there. Okay. So I think that emotions, okay. and I tell people all the time, I think our emotions are the thing that God gave us to help us figure out where we're headed with with that that those situations. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I can be hurt, and I have these hurt feelings. I've had to, I've been wrestling for weeks. Yeah, you to get have. over the hurt because yeah. I didn't want the hurt to settle in and become something other than just hurt. Right. You, you know, and like I said, at this point. I, I can look back. I've, 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 I've not said nice things. So now I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's more than her. Okay. Because if you're hurt, wouldn't you be like, I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. It just I thought that they loved me. I thought that, you know, it's like, okay, that way. But when I go, oh, you know, gosh, you know, who do they think they are? And why would they sit there and put me under the bus like that? And da 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 da, -da. That's not like, that doesn't sound like hurt to me. That it sounds like a fence. Because hurt, hurt is directed at the, the when you're focusing on like you're hurt, you're focusing on the pain in you, not focusing on the person that, that caused the pain. Okay. Now I'm at the point where I'm focusing at my words and my thoughts back at that person. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But when, in the beginning, I was like, Lord, you know, did I esteem them higher than I should? And I'm sorry, you know, that maybe I I thought that you know that I was something better, more to that person than other people were, you know, and, you know, and so it was kind of okay. like, okay, what my part in it. Right, that's good. Heal me so that I heal whatever that is in me that allowed that to happen. Okay. So I can walk in love. Right. But now it's turned, I catch myself talking the opposite way, everything directed at that person, and I think I've gone from hurt to offense. Okay, okay. And now that's what I'm asking God to take care of is, is you know, to deal with the wounds, whether they be old, okay, and this is affecting old ones, present ones, or these are new ones. Regardless, I need the, those wounds healed so that when the enemy comes to me and feeds something in my ear through the mouth of another human being, like, yeah, isn't he just a, think he's all that in a bag of chips? I don't buy it into that. I hate to end this conversation here. That's the end of part two of sister to sister bullseye soul connection join us in part three where we continue this conversation with my sister susan williams thank you for joining us